You're listening to a devotion by Christ Baptist Church. For more resources, visit our website at ChristBaptist.org. Well, if you have joined us for what is now our fourth reflection on what we can learn from the lives of the pilgrims, whose 400th anniversary of their arrival we celebrate this November, you may have thought about the pilgrims more than you have since third grade, maybe more than you have ever wanted to think about the pilgrims. Uh, We have thought about uh, their definition of liberty, we've thought about their legacy, we've thought about uh, their lament, and I think you'll be encouraged as we close this brief series today by thinking together about how they worked to shine that light, to shine the light of their example, shine the light of uh, their gospel, as they understood it. Um, In 1628, So remember, they arrived in 1620. They have labored to kind of carve out a life there from 1620 onward. Much uh, uh, They they bore a very high cost, uh, not only in discomfort and inconvenience, but in people's lives. And uh, they have made it now for about eight years. And uh, the beginnings of the Puritan migration begins. They send a kind of a, a vanguard, an advance group, to Massachusetts Bay Colony, to the north of Plymouth Colony, uh, in 1628, and they land at Salem. And when they arrive, they're sick. Uh, They have scurvy, as so many people did succumb to scurvy on these long transatlantic uh, passages. And so they send to uh, Plymouth for help, for assistance. The governor of Salem, his name is John Endicott, he writes to Governor Plymouth Governor um, William Bradford and says, do you have any way that you can help us? Remarkable, of course, to think that eight years before, when, when Plymouth passengers arrived, it, there was no such ability to call for aid, as it were. Um, and yes, Plymouth says, we'll send you Dr. Samuel Fuller. Dr. Fuller was a deacon in the church there in Plymouth uh, and also a self-taught self-taught medical doctor, but uh, apparently the best that was available. So they sent him north to Salem, and he spends some time there ministering uh, to the sick, uh, which I'd rather not describe what that his ministrations looked like in that regard as a self-taught physician in the uh, early part of the 17th century. It'll keep you up at night. Um, but he also ministered to what he perceived to be their spiritual needs. So He set about, as the door opened to him through his uh, medical expertise, he set about uh, also sharing his spiritual understandings, uh, namely how the church of Jesus Christ should be gathered and should be governed uh, and how worship should be structured according to the word of God. And after Fuller's ministry there among them, Endicott, the governor of Salem, wrote to William Bradford, the governor of Plymouth, and thanked him for sending Fuller among them. Uh, Thanked him, of course, for his uh, physical, his medical help, but also thanked him for uh, the evident spiritual care that this deacon doctor took as he was among uh, these new people uh, there in Salem. And and considering uh, Fuller's example, uh, I, I think there is encouragement that, that we can take, very, very practical encouragement, namely, how is it that we can share hope, joy, peace, uh, aid, 
spiritual aid and comfort through the skills and experiences, very practical, physical skills and experiences that we may possess. What doors might open for us, not first to share the gospel with people, uh, but simply to serve people. If we went with a posture of serving their very real physical needs, and then as that door opened, looked um, diligently for ways that we could speak also to their spiritual needs. Think of, think of the, the, the isolation, uh, the anxiety, uh, the, 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 the uh, medical needs, uh, many different ways that people are aware of their needs right now as COVID wears on into the summer. Uh, there are some open, there are some doors that would not necessarily open to us that will blow wide open if we come with an offer to help in these days. Uh, there are people who have been in churches who do not preach the gospel, uh, but simply a message of kind of self-help uh, that feel the weakness of that message right now uh, and would be open uh, to a conversation about um, the strength that's provided through a, a spirit-filled, gospel-preaching, word-centered church like like Christ Baptist is. Uh, but we may never get to those conversations without being willing to offer first to, to serve them. Of course, there may, many of the people around us do not know Jesus as their Savior and Lord at all, and so their hope is tied solely to the stock market or to the uh, political fortunes of their a favorite candidate or, or party or the health of their own body or whatever it is. And, and we have a word of hope and comfort there, but often we can speak it as the door has opened through our acts of service. I, I was thinking, reflecting on Fuller's story, myself personally, of the way that um, I accompanied my, my father when I was 15 years old. I, I went to a, on a medical missions trip to Romania. And um, I wasn't a self-taught doctor or any other kind of doctor in, in that uh, at that time, as 15-year-old, I, I simply went to, to observe and to help do the menial chores that they needed done uh, around the clinic. But I saw the way that people responded to their proclamation of the gospel as their physical needs were being met by these American doctors. They were open, uh, their hearts were open uh, to uh, the spiritual message that our team brought. Uh, it may not always look as programmatic as that. It may not always be medicine like that was, but closer to home, how can we serve others in a chance uh, to, to open the door for the gospel? Uh, if I could turn the coin over quickly here as we close, uh, as the Puritans received Deacon Fuller and not only his uh, medicine, but also heard uh, his, um, his biblical exhortations to them, what they wrote back to Bradford and the Plymouth Company um, was not that they believed it because uh, it came from a doctor or that they believed it and followed it because um, his advice on, on um, the liberty of the ordinances, because uh, it came from someone that they, they felt like they were indebted to because he had served them or that the force of his personality won them over by, by his convincing arguments. No, what they said was, we measured his, his exhortations against the standard of Scripture, and we find that they fit one with another, and for that reason, we have accepted what he's come to say. And so, 
if I can turn the coin over, as people approach us with messages of, of service or comfort or hope or help, uh, let's be sure that our biblical antenna are up and uh, that we are willing to receive them and join with them, but not because of the force of their personality or because of the service that they are able to render us or um, for any other reason, but, but only to the degree that what they call us to accords with what we see as good Bereans in the text of Scripture. So, uh, as we've considered the Puritan um, definition of liberty, freedom is found under the authority of the Word of God. As we've considered uh, their legacy, small candle that can, that can ignite many who come after us. As we've considered their lament and the way that uh, so often worldly pressures dictate how, when, if we're able to gather as God's people to enjoy His worship, uh, we close now by considering the way they let their light shine, namely, uh, leading often with very practical offers of genuine help uh, and laboring to show how the spiritual hope that they, that they uh, articulate accords fully with the account of God's Word as we see it in Scripture. I hope that this has been encouraging to us and also instructive where in our own lives and in our life as a church it proves appropriate.